Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, the workplace has sure changed for many of us during the pandemic. Now new questions are arising about how much we should be in the office. Also, just when you thought the housing market couldn't get more weird and insane, it has. So... I read all the financial press every day and, you know, there's a certain absorption, uh, self-interest in a lot of the articles they write, writing to Wall Street, to the banks and all the rest. And I'm particularly interested in this because somewhere around a third of us through the pandemic were able to continue to work, but work from home when offices closed. The rest of us had to be out and about, but we've got a huge chunk of the American workforce that were able to pivot to working from home. Uh, We, at my company, uh, we gave up our office space, and everyone has worked at home now since the beginning of March last year, and we surveyed our, our crew and Virtually no one wanted to come back into an office on a regular basis. And we've been able to see that our productivity has been fine. And for now, at least, we're going to continue to work as we have and have uh, company gatherings, but not traditional space. And so there's a lot of uh, trying to figure this out. Uh, Some Old line kind of companies have said, well, everybody's coming back in the office and you're all coming back by such and such a date and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, one of the media companies I work for, I got a notice from them that you were required to come back, but you could only come back if you were vaccinated, meaning that if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to be let go, period. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, back and forth about how to do this, and then there are companies that are giving people the option of working from home, working remotely, or coming back in the office. And I've got a real thing about this that I want to get out there. That's a human nature, human behavior kind of thing. I believe to my core that the people who choose to stay at home and work at home full-time, work remotely, over time are going to lose mojo, lose momentum in the organization they work for if there are other people that are coming back in the office full-time or nearly full-time. That the way we tick as human beings 
that you may be able to continue to do your job from home. You may be even allowed to do your job at home. But I think in a lot of workplaces, if advancement is important to you, I think you're going to be the one who's left out. That the, the bosses will be more likely to move along and promote people who they're seeing face-to-face. It's not the same over Google Meets or Zoom or anything like that. It's not the same as interacting, uh, being in person with people. And so it's something you're going to have to think through if you work in an office environment and you have this choice that they give you instead of saying everybody's coming back, you have that choice of working at home or not. How important is the lifestyle improvement you've had from being able to work at home versus the lost opportunity you likely will find from that employer if you do stay at home? The other thing is I have been such a fan of the four-day work week forever. The quality of life improvement Working four longer days instead of five regular days where you have three days away from the office versus two days away from the office. When I say office, I mean from work. I think is incredible. And you may have heard there have been a lot of news reports about how Iceland has experimented with four-day work weeks, and they believe it's been a massive success that they've actually had higher productivity at companies in Iceland by doing the four-day week instead of the five-day week. And I hope that as employers have seen that flexibility still gets the job done and retaining workers is becoming a harder and harder thing, that giving people more flexibility in their lives And four 10-hour days, let's say, instead of five eight-hour days. It's the same number of hours at work. But when you think about that thing that was all corporate speak um, five years ago or whatever, work-life balance, and companies would say it, but they didn't mean it. But when you have somebody who's got three days, three full days, that they can do whatever, I think about the people who work in jobs where they work uh, three longer days on and then they have three days off, places that are seven-day places, how much they love the three and three. Um, In this case, we're talking about four on, three off. I think it's something that I hope that the bosses at various places will see the wisdom of it and even for themselves that having more time with family, with friends, it will be a fuller life, a better career doing that. And I think people are better workers when they have more downtime like that. Remember, it's the same number of work hours, but having the mental separation from work, those three days instead of those two days, I think is a huge positive
Krista? All right. Um, Should we quit right now and take a day off? (laughs) What's going on with that? Let's go. Donald in Texas says, I'm a regular user of your daily newsletter, and I've just read your comparison of YouTube TV and Hulu. I have subscribed to both and have settled on YouTube TV simply because I was encountering daily crashes on Hulu using my Fire Stick remote. I switched to YouTube TV and have had only very occasional crashes ever since. I don't see that you evaluate this kind of problem on your reviews. Do you have any way to verify the incidence level of crashes on the various streaming devices? And I did services. Services. Yeah. Sorry. I did ask our um, writer, Nick Cole, who, who writes about streaming services, and he said that he has heard many reports about this recently, and he doesn't know if it's a temporary kind of network interruption or what's going on with Hulu. So that's sort of not scientific. but So, Donald, the, the longer answer to this is it's not historically been a problem with streaming services that uh, that people have had problems with stuttering or with them crashing or whatever. And if that does become something that becomes a regular issue, then that's something we will add in a reliability column, if you will, on our reviews of the various streaming services. And if you're not aware what Donald's talking about, about the evaluations we do, you can go look and figure out what channels are important to you. You pop them into an interactive tool and we'll show you what's the cheapest service that you can subscribe to that'll get you all the channels that really matter to you. And I've, I have so much fun with this tool because I'll say, well, that channel is really not that important. Let me pull it out and see what that does to the price. And instantly you'll see, okay, I can go from 50 a month to 35, or I can go from 65 to 40 or whatever it is in my cost. And this is who's going to have it because the streaming thing's so different than when we had the cable monopolies cramming junk down our throat at very high costs. Now you have these options of who you're going to buy your streaming packages from for live content. With I guess that's what you call that, the live shows. And you can see, based on what really matters to you, the channels you most often watch, who's going to be the best deal. From Chris in Rhode Island, I've received offers to roll my credit card debt into my existing mortgage, and it seems tempting. Is this ever a good idea, and under what circumstances? Chris, this one is a hard one for me, because let's say you got credit cards averaging 18% interest, just round numbers, and you can cash out refi and take out the credit cards at 3 point something percent. In isolation... It makes perfect sense to do that. But then let's drill down. You're taking first debt that is against your name and putting your home at risk. And second, you're taking debt that you don't want to have in your life, and you're making that existing credit card debt an obligation for 30 years, three zero years. So over those 30 years, you'll service that at a low interest rate, but you're carrying that. But this is the kicker. The thing I've seen repeatedly over the decades is that when someone rearranges debt this way, because remember, you're not paying off the credit cards, you're rearranging the debt, is that the credit cards end up charged up again, usually in a window of around 18 months. So there's a certain discipline that comes 
with looking at your credit card debt and on each statement it tells you how much you'd have to pay per month against your balance to wipe it out in three years. I'd rather you go on a path where you're disciplined about paying down the credit card debt in a short cycle than that. Or if you can take out a, um, an installment loan with someone like Prosper or Lending Club, someone like that where you can take out a personal loan, hopefully at a lower rate, for a set number of months and wipe that debt off the books. Okay, and then this question's from Eddie in Utah. As a new condo owner yourself and what's happening in South Florida, please discuss the downside of having to pay a very large sum of money for special assessments. This seems like a real downside in buying a condo. Even saving for the possibility of this can be $100,000 or more. How do you protect yourself? Eddie, the situation in South Florida, the tragedy with the enormous loss of life, the fact that this went back and forth and back and forth for three years, um, people facing a massive amount of special assessment, which is why the stall kept happening. This is a, thank goodness, a rare situation, both with the enormous tragic loss of life and with the costs that are involved with an older condo on the ocean with the sea and salt air ripping the building apart over time, a normal condo, you're going to have to have a lot really go wrong and a lot of age before unit owners would face the prospect of a massive special assessment. So I wouldn't take too many lessons from the South Florida situation, but it is why when you buy a condo, you want to look at the books. You have the right, I think in all 50 states, to see how much money a condo association has on hand, what their plan is. It's like a communist five-year plan kind of thing of what things they're going to do, um, what reserves they're building up to take care of major maintenance and repairs, And that's where you see if a place is going to end up hitting you with a shock bill for a large special assessment is when they're not building up reserves, they don't have an orderly plan to do major maintenance and repairs. That's where the danger does come down the road. And the worst is when you buy a place and they say, by the way, I think next year we're going to have a $20,000 unit special assessment. You avoid that surprise by looking at the books before you buy. Coming up next, speaking of buying, would you buy a house you've never, ever been to? People are doing that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I think about how often we'll have a complaint from someone who's rented a place on Airbnb or VRBO, and they feel like they really vetted the place. They read reviews people posted. They look at the pictures, the description, and all that. And they rent a place, and they get there, and they're like, what? This isn't anything like we thought it was going to be. The neighborhood's not any good, anything like that. I just had one of my daughters rented a place, and it was for a beach getaway. And they get there. And it turns out the place isn't close to the beach. You have to drive to the beach from where the place was. Now, the pictures showed these magnificent pictures of the beach. But it wasn't on the beach. Not even walking distance to the beach. Not even a bike ride to the beach. It was a drive to the beach. And this is just with the place you're renting. So for me, people buying houses somewhere else in the country, where let's say they're doing a a relo or whatever, and they're buying a place based on what they see on Zillow or Realtor.com or Redfin or whatever, they're looking at the listing and they're looking at the pictures and they're putting in an offer and buying a place they've never set foot in. They've never been to the neighborhood. This isn't an Airbnb for three nights. This is a house you're buying. Please, please, please don't do this. You know, the proper way to use Zillow or Realtor or any of those things is to start coming up with what used to be called the funnel. Those are the places you're considering. And you make a list, you know, on your phone or on a, you know, a word processing on your laptop, or you store the properties and, you know, with the apps you can store, you know, you you do the hard or store, however, you know, star or whatever. And you come up with your list of properties that you then fly to or drive to, and you go see them. Because there's so many elements, particularly when you're buying a place in a city, maybe you lived in it long ago, metro area long ago, maybe you've never lived there. And you're going to buy a place? Uh, You don't know if the area is safe. You don't know if it has the feel of where you'd like to live. You don't know what commuting from there might be like. You don't know what the whole life will be like there. And so I have a huge bias. And it is when you're doing a relocation to somewhere else that you've not lived, I actually want you to rent for a while. 
particularly in very large metro areas. You take the large spread out cities across the South and the West, uh, Phoenix, Dallas, Houston, Austin, Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, any of these places have multiple, multiple micro markets. A very large metro area like Houston or the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you're talking about they may have four or 500 micro markets. So how in the world are you going to figure out which micro market you want to live in looking at things on Zillow on your phone? Imagine L.A. You don't know the traffic patterns and all that too? Well, L.A., all the moving trucks are leaving L.A. Yeah, right true. now. They're that's not true. going there. Yeah. But uh, isn't that funny? I didn't even mention California cities. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the nation's most populous state, and I had erased it from my memory bank. Anyway, so if you don't want to rent and you do want to buy right from the get-go, I want you to spend substantial time in a metro area, figure out the areas, the neighborhoods, the streets, the subdivisions that feel right to you. And remember, this is the largest purchase you'll ever make. And usually the average person in their adult lifetime will buy, is it five houses? I think it's five houses over their adult lifetime. There are people that only buy one. There are people who might buy like you, Krista, 14. I'm on my fourth. You, on oh, my you fourth. are on your fourth? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you might have one more. Probably year? one, I would One think. more, so five. So. I'm so average. <laughs> <laughs> you are anything but average. That's not a term <laughs> someone would use for you. But anyway, uh, that's why I want you to really, really think through this and how easy it is to get yourself into trouble and how hard it is to get out of that trouble once you got into it, please do the house thing the old-fashioned way with your eyes and your feet. All right, speaking of getting into trouble, listen to this from Lisa in Utah. My husband wants to buy a Ram GRX truck for an investment. He says it's going to be worth it now to buy for $80,000 and he can sell it 10 years down the road for $125,000 if not more. Is that a good investment? Please convince him that it is not. I cannot seem to get this through to him. So Lisa, you're not really asking me a question. You (laughs) want me to reinforce what you've said. And, you know, your husband wanting the truck is one thing. The idea that he's going to make money on the Ram is, uh, that's really speculative. It's been very, very hard to know what vehicles are going to rise in value over time. One that has, that I don't think people saw coming, the Mazda Miatas from, I guess, like 25 years ago are now worth a lot of money. You used and to have one of those. I did, and, the, and I bought it for like no money at all. If only I'd kept it. But this is something that is too hard to predict. And eighty thousand uh, dollars, ten years down the road, selling for one twenty-five—that's not exactly a great return on your money. So I'm guessing, Lisa, this is much more about the fact that your husband wants one of these to drive, 
and is trying to justify it to himself or to you that the value won't go down, it will go up. That almost never happens with a vehicle. So I would say, no, it's a terrible investment. And the question is, are you in a financial position that he can afford to spend 80000 on the truck just because he wants to? That would be how to make the decision because as an investment, that's baloney. Merle in Florida says, I heard Clark sold his minivan for $4,000 more than he paid for it. Would that $4,000 be considered capital gain for tax purposes? Wow. <laughs> I, it's not a classic investment. And you don't get to, uh, unless it's for a business, you don't get to take a tax deal for selling a vehicle at a loss. So I don't know. But because it's now public (laughs) and I've said it, I'm going to have to, when I do next year's, when I do this year's tax return stuff next year at the accountant, I'm going to have to say to her, hey, you know, I sold a vehicle for more than what I paid for it. Do I have to report that and pay capital gains? Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This is from Stephanie. Clark rocks. Thank you for the wise advice you gave a few weeks back on purchasing a vehicle at lease end. My husband leased an SUV back in 2018 against my better recommendation. His lease was ending in July of this year, and we had no intention of keeping it. As you suggested, we purchased the vehicle at its residual value and immediately resold it at nearly the original MSRP, getting $8,000 for a little effort and paperwork. We would never have thought to do this without your suggestion. Thank you again for this valuable info and all you do. We so appreciate your wisdom. Wow, is the vehicle market messed up? <laughs> it's crazy. So I make four thousand plus. You make eight thousand plus. So the students now the teacher. <laughs> you made twice what I made, and I'm telling you, you got a vehicle around your house right now that you like having it, but you really don't use it a lot. There will never be another time the rest of your life that it will be such a great opportunity for you to score big money selling that vehicle. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.